Looking through the daily news headlines, you could be forgiven for thinking South Africa as an investment destination is without any hope. But smart investors will tell you that there are opportunities in all markets, and that's certainly the case in South Africa, provided you look in the right places. There's another aspect to successful investing in markets like this, and that is having a tried and tested investment philosophy and the tools to identify the best opportunities. Well, to help us look in the right places and to answer the question, is South Africa investable? We're joined by Jacques Conradi, CEO of Peregrine Capital. Hi, Jacques. It's good to speak to you. Is it fair to say that you're pretty confident in your view that South Africa has some good investment opportunities, notwithstanding some pretty serious negatives, and I need hardly mention load shedding, inflation, commodity prices, trade dynamics, and of course, the fluctuations in the RAND US dollar exchange rate. What gives you hope in what many would regard as a bleak domestic landscape? Hi, Kieran. Uh, nice talking to you. You clearly mentioned quite a long list of negatives there, and, and, and we don't dispute that. And maybe I'll touch on that. But, but the key thing when making an investment is what is the outlook of the investment, but also what's the price you pay? And often things with fantastic outlooks can be very poor investments if you pay a high price. And things where the outlook is quite modest um, can actually be great investments if you pay a low enough price. So that's that's the foundation of how we look for investments. Don't just look at the outlook, but look at the outlook and first and compare that with what's priced into a, into a share. And, th- and then if we get on to the, to the South Africa issue, um, I mean, there's a long list of issues, but if you, if, you, if you get it down to one thing, the one thing that's making people very negative it really was how bad load shedding's been the last, what's it now, kind of six to eight months, right? And for that reason, our team's done a lot of work on that specific problem because our view is if you can solve that, or if we can have certainty that that gets, gets solved, a lot of other things fall into place. I mean, part of the reason why the RAND is where it is is because of load shedding and also the Russia situation. A weak RAND then causes more interest rate increases, which puts pressure on the consumer. So if load shedding gets gets resolved, you suddenly can have many other good things happen in SA. And if I look at that specific issue, we've just found so many areas of electricity investment in, in SA over the, that's going to happen over the next 12 or 18 months. Um, and this is government, ESCOM, and our own sources. I mean, there's two or three gigawatts of, of residential rooftop solar. There's potentially for three and a half, four gigawatts coming back just from Adupi and Kusile in December. Um, there's like 10 gigawatts of commercial projects coming from farmers, um, shopping malls, logistics centers, mines. Um, so of the work we've done, you only need about a third to half of those projects to come online to completely solve the situation. And that's why our view has been that, that we think it's highly likely load shedding gets better significantly better over the next 12 or 18 months. Um, I was actually at a conference about a month ago when we were still at stage six, and I mentioned that we thought like things would get a lot better in the next six or 12 months, and there were several people in the audience that laughed and just couldn't believe that that would be the case. Um, and fortunately, I think we've been a bit lucky and, and things have looked better sooner than expected. And we think it probably continues on that on that basis going forward. Next month or two might get tough again, but we think a year from now things look a lot better in SA. And if things look a lot better, that's going to solve a lot of the other issues. I mean, we've seen the RAND strengthening in the last uh, three weeks or so. But given this climate that we've been talking about, and it's been nothing but negatives for a long time, and I say a long time, for several months, how does that impact hedge fund investing? And of course, people should know that Peregrine is a hedge fund investor, the oldest and largest hedge fund in South Africa, now 25 years old. So talk from a hedge fund management perspective and how these negatives would impact your approach to investment. 
So the, the, the key benefit in my eyes of running a hedge fund versus just a normal asset manager is the ability to go short or bet against companies to, to hedge our overall portfolio. So what's helped us this year is we have been able to go short or bet against a few of the companies that we thought would be most negatively affected by the load shedding situation. And that's panned out nicely for us. Uh, there's been a few negative trading updates and results where shares have fallen quite a lot, which has benefited our funds. We have now, given our view on load shedding I touched on earlier, we have now bought back those shares and covered that and actually currently own several SA companies that we think um, where the market's now very negative on them because of these load shedding outcomes where things will improve as they get better. But that's an example of a trade we can make to make money even when shares are going down. And additionally, a key thing for us is making sure that we stay a boutique asset manager that's small and nimble enough to quickly move the portfolio around. So let's say for the last three months, we've been quite aggressively deploying money into SA shares, both some of the excess cash we had and selling some of our foreign holdings to buy SA companies that we thought were too cheap. So both the ability to hedge and then being nimble and taking advantage of opportunities when they're there, I think are two of the key recipes to to enable us to deliver a smooth, smooth outcome for investors through various cycles. It's interesting that you mentioned that you sold some of your offshore holdings to invest in South Africa because you saw uh, cheap opportunities here. Where do you see the green shoots in South Africa? So, Kieran, it's really a large set of the domestic SA companies has been extremely unloved for the last 6, 12, 18 months. Sectors like banks, retailers, and a lot of the South African mid-cap shares. As a lot of SA fund managers have simply taken more and more of their money offshore to utilize the, the higher foreign allowance given to them. And then additionally, at the same time, you had foreigners standing back and said, with the load shedding situation, perhaps we should just wait and see. So we found real good value in the last few months and things like retailers and banks. And then let's say portfolio of five or, five or six SA mid-caps, we've been able to acquire five or six times PEs dividend yields often at, in the double digits above 10%, which we just think in an improving SA environment are going to be great investments uh, for our investors and for our funds over the next year or two if our thesis of SA stabilizing plays out. I think we'll make great money on them even if things just turn out okay, we get some power back, but things aren't great. And if things go slightly better, we'll do fantastically well out of them because our entry prices um, have been so attractive. Do you see this as a fairly long-term pivot for South Africa in favor of South Africa? Things have been so bad and things are so underpriced that we we are at a bit of a turning point here, which is going to sustain itself for the long term. Look, that I'd say I'm less sure about. I'm I'm personally, I love SA. I've I've got small kids here. I'm committed to the country. We're going to be be some of the people that kind of try to try to contribute here and, and make it a great place for all of us longer term. But one cannot yet be sure. I would say that some of the long-term positives are for us that we have got a great private sector in SA with many skilled people, great company management teams. The more things you take out of the hands of government and put in the private sector, in the hands of the private sector, the more bullish I am about the medium term. And what this crisis has done, the, the real silver lining for me is that government is just letting go. They, they've, they've completely removed regulations on how much power companies want um, are allowed to install. Um, there's serious conversations about the Transnet rail line, giving mines and companies access to, to run their own trains on the rail lines. So if those changes get implemented, and they really have been on the power side, the Transnet side is is under serious investigation, 
that could potentially usher in a bullish scenario for SA, but it's it's probably too soon to make a real long-term call here. I, I just think the next 12 or 18 months will be a lot better than the, the last six or nine and, and compared to what, what people were expecting, especially. Interesting. Talk about your investment philosophy at Peregrine and how this guides your strategy. I, I noticed, having looked at the website, that your high growth fund achieved 100 times the initial money for investors since it was launched in February 2000, I think it was. So anybody investing a million, that would now be worth more than 100 million. How was that achieved? So look, I think you've you've got to do a, a lot of things and, and have various strategies over the years um, to, to put that puzzle into place. But I, I think maybe um, to, to summarize it is it's having a team of highly driven, motivated people that I mean, all our money is invested right next to those of our clients and almost seeing the business like we're managing our own money with our clients next to us. How, how can we optimize the return there? And then a key thing is really just being willing to do what others aren't doing and look where others aren't. So, I mean, maybe an example would be something like a Capitech that we've had for many years where we were willing to buy that um, when other investors were still saying, no, it's just a micro lender that's never going to amount to something. They're going to fold like African Bank. And they went from like half a million clients to 20 million clients right now, despite those concerns. Um, so by being willing to do the opposite of what the crowd is doing, let's say in, in COVID, before COVID was an issue, hedging our funds and realizing that COVID might be bigger than it seemed. But then in that pullback where shares are cheap, also then being willing, willing to say, we're going to put our cash back in the market right now, despite it looking scary because valuations are extremely cheap. So being willing to have the conviction in your own um, in, in your own views that you're willing to go against the crowd. We obviously don't always get things right. I don't want to make it sound like that. But if you get, can get your, your call seven or eight out of ten right and you do that consistently and repeatedly and, and work really hard at it, um, I, I think that, that tends to add up over the very long run. Jacques Conradi, thank you very much for joining us. That was Jacques Conradi, CEO of Peregrine Capital.